Okay, let's get started, Chavar. Today's daf Meseches Nazir is daf Nun Aleph 51. As is Hashem, we're starting the top of Nun Aleph Mud Aleph. We said in the Mishnah, and we discussed just the beginnings of this yesterday, the concept that Meloy Tarvad Rekev, that a ladleful amount of corpse dust is able to be metame. So yesterday we had two shitas in the Amoraim and corollary shitas in the Tanoim. What is the definition of a ladleful? As Machlekes yesterday, it was a palm or it was a fistful. We discussed that yesterday. Today, the Gemara gives us actually the parameters for what types of situations the corpse dust would even have this unique Allah Halamash Misinai. Because again, this concept that a the corpse dust contaminates in a ladle full, again, whatever that amount is we discussed yesterday, and being that it's there are particular guidelines that are necessary for it to be metame, this corpse dust, it's where the corpse has already uh, decomposed to the degree that it's dust, it could also be metame, but oh hell, we're going to go through those guidelines today. We're going to go through many different questions, trying to examine every angle what types of corpse dust will be metame? One theme that we're going to see throughout is that in order for the corpse dust to be metame and to fit the Allah in, in a measurement of a ladle, it has to be pure corpse dust. Meaning, if there's any sort of admixture, there's any sort of com- combination of factors. Well, how do you know? Well, we're going to see. Oh. If there's, we're going to go through many shilas, they're very interesting, very intricate shilas also somewhat unpleasant and disgusting, but if there's any sort of a mixture of items there, it's not considered under the guise of Allah Lomash Misina, and the corpse dust will not be metameh, but oh well. So let's see this inside now. Tana Rabbanan, top of the page. Ezome says the Brisa. What is the dead person, Shayesh Lorekev, who is considered to have this Allah Lomash Misinai that his corpse dust will be metameh, like the corpse itself? So the Brisa defines it as follows. It's a, na- a mace, a person who passed away unclothed, meaning he was buried unclothed. But Aaron shall shayish, and he was buried in a Aaron, a uh, coffin of marble. O al or on a floor of stone. Now, that would be the definition of a dead person who would then, if he would decay to dust, be considered to have the capacity to be metamibo'el based on the halacha l'mosh misinai. However, nikfar b'ksusoy, if he's buried in his clothing, or ba'aron shel eitz, or in a coffin of wood, or on a stone, a floor of bricks, so zeomeis she'en lo'erekev, says the b'raisa, that would be considered a dead person who would not have the halacha l'mosh misinai of rekev, and therefore should he decompose, it would not be considered a capacity to be metameh ba'ohel. So Tosa says, what's the distinction? The distinction is, is this, a, is this a purely body decomposition or is there some other mixture as well? In this scenario, he's buried naked on a stone floor or marble floor, so there's no other mixture in the corpse dust ultimately. However, where he's buried with clothing, clothing also decomposes, the wooden coffin also decomposes, and the Gemara understands the bricks also decompose to some degree. So the resulting uh, powder, the resulting dust, is going to be an admixture. It'll be a mixture. Since it's a mixture, it doesn't fit the general guise of the halach l'mosh misinai, and it will not be metamid ba'ohel, even though you have the requisite amount of dust. Very interesting distinction the Bryson makes here. Yeah. yeah. But again, since it's halach l'mosh misinai, there are certain guidelines that need to be met.
Amar Ula, Ula gives a further qualification. It wouldn't be considered rekev, that it would be metame, again, ba'oel, with his halacha lemosh misinai, unless the corpse dust emerged from a corpse that was a composite of basar, gidim, and atzamos, flesh, sinews, as well as bones. Meaning if you were missing any of these factors, part of the corpse was buried, etc., and it didn't for some reason have all these factors, the resulting corpse dust does not have the Allah Lamash Misinai, it's not Metame Ba'ohel. Esverava, Sarava asked the Kasha to Ula for the Bryce that says as follows. Oh, so that would be very similar. We're going to actually have different shadows. That lechara should be something external, and that would be a problem. It would Not problem, but it would prevent it from becoming the... Uh, I mean, it's not a problem necessarily. It's not the time. It's great. But the point is, is that it will not allow it to absorb the normal halacha l'moshmi of rekev. Right, right. So we're going to discuss a bunch of cases today. It's fascinating. Chazal, you know, they, they analyzed every angle. <laughs> Certain things you might, you and I might say, Pasha, no, it's not so Pasha, maybe. You're saying that it has to be a composite of all three. Flesh, sinews, as well as bone, and then... Usually it goes together, right, but the Brisa says like this. Rava said the Kasha to Ula from the Brisa. The Brisa says, if the composite the, the corpse dust emerged just from flesh so tahor it will not convey tumas ohel because it doesn't have the normal halachas of rekev so it was rava was medayik one second homina etzem but it's mashma that if it just comes from bone tame meaning if you had buried a bone and it decomposed into corpse dust it would be metam it would convey tuma even though there's no flesh along with it so the gemara says not a kasha ema perhaps what the brisa means to say emachi this is how you should interpret the brisa it's true, if it only comes from flesh by itself, there was some piece of flesh a person buried and it decomposed into dust, that would be tar, it wouldn't be metame rekev. Unless you also had a bone along with it, so then you had basar and etzem, there it would be metame when it decomposes into dust, like rekev. So the Gemara says, well, that doesn't work either. But Ula's definition was, it has to have three, three parts that make up this thing, which is bone, flesh, and sinew. And you're saying the Bryson now would mean only when it has bone and flesh but not sinew, it's also metam as rekev. Exactly. So the Gemara says, no, it's not a kasha. E.F. Shalabasar Latzamos, you just said. It's impossible to have basar and atzamos, flesh and bone, below gidin. Meaning in a normal situation, if you have flesh and bone, you also have sinews that go throughout, that connect the parts, and therefore if such a thing decomposes, the Bryce didn't feel the need to say gidin also, it's pasha that that would be included. So Taisus points so out of here, so why did Ula mention yeah, gidin in the right, first place? Beautiful. So Taisus says, because there is a scenario which we learned the last couple of days, that you could have bone and flesh without sinews. What's the scenario? When a fetus is aborted, the sinews might not have it developed yet. So in that, Ula's saying, that would not actually be metame be'ohel as rekev, because it doesn't have the necessary third element in order to decompose, be considered corpse dust. Third, third component, yeah. Okay, moving on. Let's continue now. Now, R- Shmuel Bar Abba, in the name of Yochanan, defines this rekev even further. Very interesting. If two corpses are buried together, okay, they're buried together. Is that, what is that, the hunchback of Notre Dame? 
I'm not sure let him mention that here. But uh, I remember at the end of the book or the end of the the real one, the the I don't remember the main character and the woman are buried embracing. That's what I think about it. Anyways, the point is, <laughs> no, what is it? Oh. Yeah, I thought it was. Anyways, okay. So, if you have two dead bodies that are buried with each other, meaning they're buried immediately next to each other, right next to each other, touching each other, they will become detractors. Gilgal means obstructions. This one for this one. Meaning, it's an admixture. Why is it an admixture? Because... Each one is not independently decomposed corpse dust as they decompose together. And now when you take a ladle full of that, it's a mixture of two corpses, which is fascinating. That means that not only is an external factor considered the, the, the obstruction to creating rekev, but even a dead person itself that's not that same dead person would create an obstruction. Exactly. And therefore it wouldn't be considered Tomas Rekev. Fascinating. That's that's the Rashmubar Ab in the neighbor Yochanan states. So must What's that? The same, it's the same svara, meaning we stated it has to be an independently decomposed body is corpse dust. If it's a mixture, even if it's a mixture with another corpse that would independently also be metameh, together it's not. So Masiv Rav Nasan Baroshaya, Nasan Baroshaya, Rabbi Yoshaya asked the following question from Rabbi So the Brisa says, Rekev habami beis mesim tamei. Brisa says very clearly, if you have Rekev, this corpse dust that emerges from two different dead bodies, it's able to be metame, be'ohel as in a ladle full. So you see clearly the combination of elements is not a problem. So the Gemara says, Amarav Rav answers, there's two different, there's two different scenarios. The Bryce is talking about, Shekavru They buried a body by itself, and a second body independently by itself. They are Kivu, and both bodies decomposed into dust by themselves. And then after they already decomposed to dust, which means they were already independently able to be Metameh Ohel. so then if you would mix them together, it wouldn't detract from its initial status that was created when it decomposed. There, if it would combine together to the shear, to the measurement of a ladle, it would be metameh ba'ohel. However, if they were buried together and decomposed together, it never takes on initially the status of Tomas Ohel of Rekev, because when it decomposes, it, in order for it to be considered metameh ba'ohel as Rekev, it has to decompose independent with no other factor, even another dead body. That's how, that's how he What's answers the result. Brain? What if one buried one? It has to be dust. Or? Dust. I oh, don't that's know. Already... I mean, that's that's how it, it becomes, yeah. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. For sure not. For sure not. That's a different story. That's the body. We're talking about the after yeah. effect. Yeah. And let's move on to other obstructions. Vig asked about a prosthetic. But let, let, there's going to be before prosthetic. We have other shilas we need to resolve. Let's say they took a dead body and they shaved off its hair. Now, I don't think we actually are allowed to do this today. But let's say for some reason they did this. Somebody passed away, fortunately, and before they buried him, they cut off his hair. Okay, They cut off his hair and then they buried it with the body. So is that considered an obstruction? 
Or do we say that's natural to the body? That's like the body decomposing. That's not an obstruction. And the resulting rekev, the resulting dust, should be metameh be'ohel. We're going to go through a few shilas like the this. The hair was buried with it? The hair was buried. You shaved it and then, then you buried, buried the hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they cut off the mace's hair and then they buried the mace with its hair. So he says, actually, that will obstruct it from becoming Tomas Ohel of Rekev because it's considered, yeah, it's considered a unnatural thing to the body and therefore when it decomposes along with it, it's a foreign item with it and it's not going to be considered Tomas Rekev. Yeah, Pashim. Tanan Hasam, so the Gemara now is going to circle back to that Psak, but let's go through a couple steps before that. Tanan Hasam, the Mishnah teaches us in Ahalos, a very interesting teaching. Kol Tame, any part of the dead body conveys Toma, Chutz Minashinayim, besides for teeth, Fasei, or hair, Vatsipoyren, and the uh, fingernails. So the Gemara in Nido is Masbro, what's the reason for this? Because we derive that Tumas, the Toma will be conveyed from any part of the body that is likened to a bone. Now, a bone has two characteristics. It, it, it is formed along with the rest of the body, as well as if it's removed, it doesn't regenerate. So from this, we exclude all three scenarios, meaning in a scenario where hair, first of all, hair, uh, teeth, excuse me, teeth, it doesn't, it's not generally formed along with the body. I know there are scenarios where children are born with teeth, but it's not the norm. It's not a normal thing, and therefore... Yeah, it's not a normal situation. Point is that that's why it's not considered able to be metama like the rest of the body. Sayer and sipoyren, as well as hair and fingernails, when they're removed, they do regenerate. So therefore, it doesn't fit the characteristics of a bone. Therefore, they're not metame. Should you remove them from the dead body, they're not going to be metame. Yeah, what do you want to say? Correct, but it doesn't regenerate naturally in the body. Exactly. Well, you can put it inside bone. Pieces of bone okay. that will help it. Right, right, I hear. Regenerate the whole bone. I hear. Particularly with long bone. I hear. Continues the Mishnah. And when they're connected, meaning if they were connected to the dead body following the passing, so then Kulin Temeyan, even those items will be able to be mitame, will convey Tuma to something that comes in contact with it, etc. That's the Mishnah in. That's the Mishnah in Ahalos. Now, boy Chizkiah. On that Mishnah, Chizkiah posed the following question. What if you have a scenario where a person passes away and his hair is at a length that it usually would have been cut? But it wasn't cut. Lemaise, it wasn't cut. It's, 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 it's long. He has long hair at a length which in those days would have naturally been cut, usually been cut. Or, if you have nails that are long enough that they naturally would be cut at their length. So, my, how would we view this in terms of Tumah after the death? Would we say that anything that is ready to be cut is already considered cut, and therefore, even if you would come in contact with those nails following the death, you would not receive tuma because it would be considered like a separate element, not the dead body itself. It's not chiburin. Ah, okay. Dilmar, perhaps or. As, as Rav Kleinim has just said, it's still connected. Lemaisa, it's still connected. So even though theoretically this would be cut in its length, usually, if it's still connected, it conveys Tuma, even though it could, because it hasn't been cut yet. So the Gemara says, Benifshut. So the Gemara says, but now let's go back to Rabbi Barachana's Psak. Benifshut lemid Rabbi Barachana. Let us resolve this from what Rabbi Barachana taught us. What did Rabbi Barachana teach us? That the admixture will be considered a foreign element 
if it was cut. That's what he said. If you cut the mace's hair and buried it with the hair, that would be considered an admixture, a foreign element not connected to the body. But taima mishum de gazas. It's only an admixture and a foreign element because it was cut. Halay gazas, which is mashma. Even if it was long, but it wasn't cut lemaisa, loy, it's not a foreign element. It's considered connected to the body. So that should be true in terms of being an admixture preventing rekev. And that should also be true in terms of, not, in terms of that it should be able to convey toma. So the Gemara says, not a raya, because this is what Rabbi Rechana meant to say. He meant to say like this, gazaz, in a scenario that you cut off the hair and you bury it with the body, it's pasha that that would be considered an admixture, a combining of factors, and it wouldn't be able to be metame as rekev with halacha lemoshe misinai. Like gazaz, however, in a scenario where it was not cut yet, he had a shaila. That's why he didn't discuss that case. He also didn't know. What if it's at a long length that naturally would be cut? He didn't know in that scenario, do we look at the fact that it could be cut in the normal situation in a lifetime as a separate element, or do we not? He didn't discuss that shaila, and therefore it's not a raya. Moving on. Boy, Reb Yirmi, Reb Yirmi poses another question in regards to creating an admixture. Rekev abomina ekev mahu. Very interesting, Shaila. Tysus explains like this. If, if, if uh, the rekev, the corpse dust, comes from specifically from the heel, or what do you mean from the heel? So the bottom of the heel, Tysus explains, has a lot of dead skin cells. It has a lot of dead skin. And therefore, the Shaila is like this. Do we only say rekev? Let's, let's read it inside, actually. But ki gemirin, says the Gemara, when do we have the Allah Moshe Misinai that rekev <coughs> is considered metameh ohel, like the body? It's rekev ava mes. It's rekev that comes from the entirety of the dead body besides for the heel. Avol da'asim in lo. But if it comes from the heel specifically, where there's already a lot of dead skin cells, etc., so perhaps we don't look at that as the normal rekev, meaning rekev that is the Allah Lamosh Metama when it decomposes into corpse dust, that's only going to be true when it comes from the rest of the body that is healthy skin throughout its lifetime. But the heel, which is already a bunch of dead skin cells, perhaps you don't say the Allah Lamosh Perhaps there's no distinction that even if it comes from the heel, it's also considered part of the Allah Let's bring a proof. We quoted a brisa that Rav Nassim Barashayah taught earlier. If you have rekev, this corpse dust that comes from a combination of two dead bodies, tame, we said, where they're buried separately and combined after they decompose, they're able to be metame. But the Gemara says like this, if it enters your mind that when the corpse dust comes from two, two uh, comes from the heel, excuse me, it's not able to be metame because it's not considered corpse dust. So zil hacha, if you look at one of the corpses, perhaps it came from the heel of that corpse. Vahacha, look at the other corpse, perhaps it came from the heel as well. So the Gemara says is, if so, it shouldn't be able to be metame. And how would this allow you then, potentially, if you would be over, let's say, after your tame, going to the base on mikdash, you'd be chayib, bring korbanas, etc., it shouldn't be effective. It must be that the reason you're able to become tummy in this case and then have the resulting halachas that emerge from that is because even if it comes from the heel, it's able to be metame. So the Gemara resolves and says, No, that's not really an answer because id irkav kule meis. If the entire dead body decomposes, and included in the entirety of it is the heel as well, so that's not a shiloh. And it also decomposes near the heel, in the heel itself, it's true. As a combination factor, the heel is not going to detract from its capacity to become rekev and thus be metameh ba'oel, contaminate in an enclosure. But the shiloh over here that was being posed by Rabbi Yirmiya 
is going to irkav chad ever. It's a scenario where specifically one limb, the, let's say the foot, near the heel decomposed. So what's the shaila? And it decomposed in a place that's near the heel. So what now, my, what would be the halacha? Now what's the shaila? Really the way we're re-explaining the shaila is like this. Since there's a lot of dead skin cells there anyways, perhaps it'll decompose at a much faster rate than the rest of the body. Because it is somewhat decomposed already, more than the rest of the body is. That's the, that's the shaila. So, Right, but apparently, if you look at the heel as significant, you walk on it, it becomes thicker skin, dead skin, fine. So now what would emerge is, if that's true, maybe since it decomposes at a faster rate, if the foot itself would decompose following death, but the rest of the body had not yet decomposed, maybe that should not be considered rekev. Or do we say, no, it's included like the rest of the body, even though it decomposes separately, and maybe even quicker, it should be considered rekev. And the Gemara says, Maya, the take, let's let that question stand. All right, let's move on to a couple of other questions, which are... And Ahmed Bey's, we're going to discuss that. Boy, Rabbi Yirmi, or Rabbi Yirmi asked the following question. We have a series of multiple questions now, all talking about admixtures that result from parts of the body itself. Boy, Rabbi Yirmi, Uber Isha Havi Gilgilim, Oiloi. Is a baby, a fetus, an unfortunate situation, a mother passes away while pregnant, is the fetus considered an admixture to the mother? It's very interesting, Shaila, meaning. If they die, now they're both going to decompose, that's what's going to happen. So does the fetus prevent the mother from becoming, when she decomposes, corpse dust? It's something natural to the mother or not. There is a Gemara that tells us that the fetus is considered the thigh of the mother, meaning it's considered an organ of the mother. Some, like we find by Ben Kapakua exactly. So in such a scenario, it's considered her body. And since it's considered her body, it shouldn't detract from it becoming a Tomas Rekev. Or maybe we look at it a little bit differently. Eventually, a fetus is going to emerge from the mother. So perhaps it is looked at as a foreign element. And Mifresh Parashmina, we look at it separately. And since it's looked at as separately, it would prevent the mother's body from becoming Rekev when they both pass away. So the Gemara takes it a step further. Perhaps you'll answer like the second side we just said, which is, since it will eventually emerge, it's considered a separate element, and it will prevent the mother's body from becoming Tumas Rekev. So this brings us to a second question. Turning to Nadal from a base. Very interesting. Now, secondary Shaila, right? If there's a semen inside of a woman, she had relations, right before she passed away, or as the Bifarish explains, a married woman in general, we would assume she has Sheikh Vazera inside of her. So Mahu, is that considered a foreign element or not to prevent Rekev and to prevent this Halach Lemosh from taking hold? Since we say that it didn't form a fetus, meaning she passed away, obviously this is not going to develop into anything. So Kigufadami, we look at it as the rest of the body, it'll become absorbed in the body, and therefore it's natural to her, and she still would then have to or perhaps you'll argue is this isn't going to emerge because it never developed and it won't develop but since it came from outside it's a foreign entity there perhaps it does prevent the woman from becoming to Masrekev hold on we're going to get there too boy repubs unbelievable I'll tell you they analyze every angle yeah So that could be another, it could be similar shayla here. By Rav Pup, Rav Pup posed the third question, Pirshamahu, what about waste? Right? It says her waste, but it means anyone's waste. Person ate food, it didn't fully uh, digest. digest, and it wasn't removed. So would waste inside of a person be considered... 
would waste inside of a person be considered a foreign element, preventing it from becoming rakiv? Everyone's child is going to be answered. Don't worry. Since a person cannot survive without food, so that's considered his lifeblood. Meaning, it's like your blood. So then, therefore, it wouldn't be considered a foreign element. Well, what, and he would. One second. Sec, one second. Sec, hold on. Hold on. So that would be considered. Uh, it wouldn't be considered a prevention from becoming rekev. Or perhaps they'll say food came from outside. If it's a foreign element, it shouldn't be able to have Tomas Oil with rekev. The fourth question. Now, this is a very difficult question. We shouldn't struggle with this one. What about his skin? Now, his skin is flesh and skin. You'd say it's one and the same. It's very interesting. Apparently, there's a machlekes rishonim if skin is metame like the rest of the body. A fascinating thing. I don't know if that means the outer layer, the multiple layers. I'm not sure exactly what it means. But so the shaila is, what about the skin? Is the skin considered an impediment to becoming rekif? So the gemara suppose the fifth. That's right. What about his saliva and mucus? Saliva and mucus inside of the body, is that considered a foreign element and it doesn't become rekev? So Amalei Rav Shmuel Bar Acha Repapa, which Rav Kleinim has just said, everyone's asking over here. So Rav Shmuel Bar Acha said to Repapa, If you say that all of these things would be considered obstruction, again, waste, saliva, Skin, Ooh. all of these things, and there, there wouldn't be then the capacity right. in these scenarios to be the halacha lemoshe misina of rekev. So rekev de metame echem mishkachas law. How is there a scenario of this halacha lemoshe misina that the decomposed corpse dust would be metame? Everybody has every body has these things inside of it. I mean, some of them. So the Gemara gives a theoretical solution to make this halacha lemoshe misina practical. The Ashkia made the kolin. They gave it some sort of a laxative. They gave the person in his lifetime a medikalim. Medikalim is the waters that come from the palm trees. There was a special place where they would take waters that acted like a laxative, and it would clear out the system entirely. Waste, saliva, mucus, everything would be cleared out. One second. Hold on, we're getting creative. And they used the depilatory to remove all of the hair. And they cooked the body in the hot springs of Tiveria. Now, why they did this... And they pulled all their teeth. Why they did this... That's a kash on a maisa. But the Gemara says this, there could be a theoretical possibility where a body could have all of these potential... Uh, things removed. Uh, de- 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 what's the word? Decom... Uh, Interpositions removed, and therefore it would only be Tomas Rekev, and that would be fine. Now that's how the Gemara resolves it. Let's move on. Fine, that's a creative Gemara. Amar Abaye continues the Gemara. Says Abaye, Naktina, <coughs> we have a tradition. If for some reason they ground up a body after it passed away, so even though they ground it into dust, so that's corpse dust, the answer is that does not have the normal halacha of corpse dust. It has to decompose in its natural way. That's the halacha of So they pose the following question. What about What about if they ground it up, but then it decomposed? means the pieces that they ground up afterwards uh, became corpse dust. So Ma, what would be the halacha in that case? Would that now take on status of corpse dust or not? Midi hutaima, what is the reason that it has rekev? Like Ulo taught us the previous Amud. If it has these three elements, uh, flesh, 
sinews and bones, since it has that here, it should also be considered corpse dust. Or perhaps you'll argue and say, no, it has to decompose from its natural form. And since it's decomposing from a ground-up form, that's not considered corpse dust. That's metama under the halacha lemosh misinai. The Gemara says, take, we don't have a resolution for this. We're going to have to move a little bit here. Tani ula barchanina. Ula barchanina taught, mes shechassar. If a mace is buried, not, it, it, not in its entirety, missing limbs, or limbs are buried, if such, if such a scenario, it loses certain halachas. We're going to see three halachalamosh misinais are detracted. Halachalamosh misinai tells us as follows. Ein lorekev. So first of all, corpse dust does not have, it doesn't have the halachas of corpse dust. Since it's not buried in its entirety, it does not take on the normal halachas of corpse dust, that is metameh ohel after it decomposes. Two, veloy tefusa. Tfu says halacha that if you find a, a dead body buried somewhere, so the halacha is when you, if you want to rebury it somewhere else, buried far out, I mean, I mean war times this could happen, you want to rebury it, you have to take the dirt in the area with it to rebury because that's considered also parts of the dead body. Specifically is the loose earth around it and three fingers of the harder earth around that would have to be buried along with it. But if it was a partial body, you don't have that halacha. Yes, yes, right. As well as that there is no halacha of shkunas kvaras. Shkunas kvaras is a halacha that if you find a dead body with multiple dead bodies near it, specifically three, so then you have to assume this is an area that's literally a neighborhood of dead bodies, and you can't move it. You have to leave those things there. It takes on all the statuses of a cemetery. So here too, if you find partial bodies, you don't look at it that way. Asks the Gemara, Mesvi Akasha from a Bryce. The Bryce says like this. It's, a, it's actually a Mishnah in Adios, excuse me. The Mishnah in Adios teaches us as follows. There's a discussion there. If you have a Kezayis, we know if you have a Kezayis of, um, from a dead body, Kezayis of flesh from a dead body, so the halacha is that it would be mitame under the normal Kezayis of Basar, Kezayis of, of flesh from a dead body is mitame, oh, all of that. Fine. What about from a live a live person, meaning somebody that was alive and a uh, limb fell off or something like that, and a kezayis of flesh emerged from one of his limbs. And after it, he wasn't attached to the body, etc. So now, one of the sheets is there in the Mishnah, and Adio says, it's metame, just like a kezayis from a dead body. So Rav Yeshua challenges that in the Mishnah, and Listen to this challenge. Mesevei. So he has the kasha, which is, we're asking a kasha from the words of Rabbi Yeshua's challenge to that Tana. Loi, you can't compare a kezayis that comes from a dead body to a kezayis that comes from a limb of a live person. Im amrit bin mace, because if you say that by a mace, a kezayis is metame ba'oel, a kezayis of flesh, sheyesh lo rov, it is chumras when it comes to a dead, bo- a dead person's limb. Sheyesh lo rov. First of all, we know that the original corpse of a dead body is metame rov, if most of the bones are there, 125 out of 248. Virova, also, if there's a quarter kav of bones, it's metame ba'ohel, by dead body. Oimelo <coughs> tarva a rekev. And it also has the halacha of milotarvad rekev, that a dead body, if you have the corpse dust in the amount of a ladleful, it's metame ba'ohel. Tomer b'chai, as opposed to a chai, a live person's limb, she'en lo rov, lo, 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 lo rov, it doesn't have the halacha of rov. Most of the bones of a live person are not metame, there's no such thing. But lo rov, nor does it have the halacha of a quarter kav of bones, 
or mitzame, velo melotar rekev. Nor says Rabbi Yeshua, does a live person's limbs, or a live person in general, have the halacha of a melotar rekev, a ladle full of corpse dust. So the Gemara says, one second, hey chidami, let's discuss the, the ladle full of corpse dust specifically in that contrast. What is the scenario that we're saying here that a ladle full of corpse dust, not mitame, when it comes from a live person? The arkiv chad aver, it must be, it's where one limb decomposed, meaning one limb of a person decomposed, and a ladle full of corpse dust will not be metame. That's the point. But the kavase gabi mace will all be the corollary to that by a dead person. It's mashma. Even if it was one limb buried and it decomposed, there would be Tomas Rekev. So the Gemara says from that response of Rabbi Yeshua in the mission of Adios, it implies that even one limb or a partial body for that matter does have this halach lemosh misina of Tomas Rekev. So the Gemara Zapircha says, Mikatani ha mace. Does it say, but this dead body? I mean, we're not discussing a specific lacking dead body. We're discussing dead bodies in general. Hakamash Malan, all the distinction is making is Shum Mace Yeshlo Rekev. General dead bodies have the halacha of Rekev. Shum Rekev. General live bodies do not have Rekev. But it's not specifically talking about that limb of a dead body because Enochanami, a limb of a dead body that's buried is lacking, wouldn't have too much Rekev. Let's move last last few points here. By Rav. Rav asked the following Shaila. Herkev Kishu Chai. The guy, the guy contracted gangrene. And so his body was already decomposing, rotting while he was alive. Terrible situation. And then he passed away. So the shaila here is Mahu. How do we look at the decomposition that occurred prior to death? Perhaps we only look at Rekev having the special when it decomposes following death. Or perhaps we say, now the guy passed away and there's there's decomposition on his body. Even though it occurred prior to death, it should also have the halacha of Rekev. So Tashman, the Gemara says, bring a raya from that same Mishnah in Adios. Rabbi Yeshua's response to distinguish between a kezayas from a live a limb and a dead body is as follows. Lo, don't compare them. Im amrit rekev. When it comes to a dead body, a, a dead body, it has the halachas of rov, most of the bones is metameh be'oel, and rov, a quarter of a kava bones, metameh be'oel, melotarvet rekev, and a ladle full of the corpse dust is also metameh. Tomer v'chai v'chulei, and they contrast that to a live person. So the Gemara says, taima mishum chai, what's the raya? The reason that it's metameh, it's not metameh, is because it came from a live person, and the live person is still alive. Hamais, but that's mashma. If the live person's body would start to decompose, and then he would pass away, yeshlo rekev, there would be a concept of Tomas rekev. So the Gemara says, l'charis that rekev that even occurs that the decomposition occurring prior to death would also be considered decomposition after death in Toma. So the Gemara says again, not a raya, it doesn't say, but this dead person, when he dies, his body will be considered uh, decomposition after the fact. All it's teaching you is, meaning in general, a dead person has rekev, and live people don't have rekev, but you can't necessarily bring a raya because that's not really what we're discussing. All right, I would finish off the last point here. I think we're going to run out of time. But let's, let's push through to finish the last point. The halacha is like this. There's a unique halacha about birya. What is the halacha of birya? Birya is a halacha that when it comes to general isurim of ma'achalas asuras, prohibited consumption, to make you chayev, is a kezayis. However, there's halacha lamosh misinai birya. If you have something that is an entire creature, a creature in its entirety, say an ant, which is the, less than the size of a kezayis, also able to be, make you chayev for consumption. So Rav has the following Shaila, boy Rav, because it's really connected to the last Shaila in regards to something being lacking. So Rav's Shaila is like this, Nimala shechas ramahu, if you have an ant, less than the size of a kezayis, 
and it loses a limb. One, one uh, leg comes off. So mahu. Would you be liable for consuming that as a birya? Do we say, Shiura Gemirin that the Allah Lamashmisina birya is, it has to be in its entire measure, and it's missing a leg, so you would not be liable for eating that. Or perhaps the idea of birya is that it is alive. It's a live creature, means it has a certain element of being, and since it's still alive, missing a leg, so va'ika, therefore you should be liable for the consumption of that. Are we focusing on its entirety, or is birya based on the fact that it's living? Turning to Bez Madalif, brought a raya from the following Bryce to Tashma. So really, this is a discussion that occurs in regards to shratzim. There's, there's eight shratzim that convey tuma when they die. So the pasuk there in regards to shratzim says, these are the uh, prohibited uh, creepy crawly. So it says, Bohem. When do they convey Tuma? If you touch Bohem in them. Now them means in their entirety. So Yachal Bekulon, you might think in order to become Tame from one of these Shratzim, these uh, creepy qualities, you have to touch the body of the creature that's in its entirety. Talmud Laimar Mayhem. Therefore the Pasuk also says even if you touch some of them, part of it, E Mayhem Yachal Miksasan, perhaps you're even going to be Tame if you touch it in partial, partially. We're talking about when it's dead. So maybe you're only going to be tame if it, you, even if even if you touch it when it's it's partial. Talmud Laimar Bohem. Thank you. Therefore, the pasuk says Bohem. You have to touch it in its entirety. Hakeitzad. So the Bryce explains how could it be entire in its entirety but lacking? I'm going to just wait a minute. Finish off here. I mean, Mamish's last point. Take one more minute. We'll finish. I mean. I mean. Amen. Amen. Let's finish off here. So by the Shratim it says Bohem and Mayhem. Bohem teaches you have to touch in its entirety. Mayhem is partially. Okay, so how do we resolve this, says the Brysa? You have to touch an entire creature that's like a partial creature. What does that mean? It's me, part, part of the creature that's like its entirety. What does that mean? And the Chacham said the size you have to touch is a lentil size of a creature, meaning the smallest creature that you could touch and still be chayev if it's dead, and you could become tamei. Why is it that it's the lentil size? Because a, it's a snail or a lizard, different creatures. The small, when they're formed initially, the Gemara understood, Chazal understood, the size that they were was a lentil size. So that's the smallest uh, 
live-sized creature that's in its entirety. That's what Chazal understood. So, live. So therefore, in such a scenario, if you touch that, you will be considered Tameh. So the Gemara says, Shma'amino, Shi'ura Gemirila. You see the fact that Chazal were saying, specifically, what do you need? You need to have a full creature in its smallest development of stages. That would be Metama person. So just as Metama person, that would also be the amount. You'd be liable for consuming. So Amr responds to that, Ki and Shi'ura, why does the Torah require why does the Torah require that measurement that small complete measurement that's because the below because if it didn't have a lentil size it wouldn't be metame because if it was lacking parts of its body at that point it wouldn't develop life that's the point it means really it could be that at the, at the beginning of its development the reason Chazal said you need that small minimum amount in order for it to be metame is because otherwise it wouldn't develop if it was lacking at that stage in its development. But if it was already alive, meaning once it already developed and it's already a live creature, where missing a limb from it will not cause it to die, so lo, perhaps they wouldn't require it to be in its entirety, in its entire state. And the mela, it might come out, you'd be chayef, even for consuming it when it's missing a limb because it's partially considered alive. So the says, let's let this question stand. Hashem will pick up tomorrow. Um, towards the, <coughs> the mid-top of Nunbez Modalis.